Please join me in our responsive welcome. No matter who you are or where you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. Stories of faith that connect us. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut or Colorado, the United States or Europe or anywhere in the world. So let me tell you how nervous I was about this this morning. I kept thinking that Dawson was going to share his food on me. And when I saw him needing a little food right before they come up, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's really going to happen. <laughs> but, but it didn't. So thanks be to God that most of our fears never come true. <laughs> and if that's the only thing you hear today, that's good enough, isn't it? You know, a few weeks ago, there was a New York Times article that caught my attention, and I couldn't help but laugh. The headline was, How to Keep Baby Jesus in the Manger. I'm thinking, why would you want to do that? But the whole story was about this phenomenon of people stealing baby Jesus from crush scenes throughout the country. And it got to the point where some congregations uh, and some families started to put up a Jesus cam. And I thought that was even more funny. I mean, imagine that, a Jesus cam, like the spot, where's Jesus, or who's, who's messing with Jesus now, kind of thing. You know, we, we don't get much of the growing up years for Jesus. He goes right from the manger into being an adult, practically. And in Matthew's, the Gospel of Matthew's account, the Jesus cam really has nothing from the time the wise ones or magi came to visit which is when Jesus was an infant or a toddler, at best guess, until this moment today, this story today, that Jesus has come to the water at the invitation, the very rousing invitation of John the Baptist. They're in the wilderness, and they're they're at the edge of the Jordan River. And Amelia's going to share with us that story. And when Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, but you are coming to me? And Jesus said to him, this is the way that we are doing this, to fulfill the promises that God has made. And as soon as Jesus was baptized and he came up, Out of that water, at that moment, heaven opened. And he experienced something like a dove landing on him. And a voice from heaven that said, This is my son, my beloved one, in whom I am well pleased. Mm. When Matt and Shelby were selecting a date for Jesus' baptism, they had thought about Pentecost, but for some reason that didn't work. And then Matt was looking through the lectionary, and he said, Oh, the baptism of Jesus. Well, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for Dawson. (laughs) 
And it's so ironic that, or not, that Dawson played Jesus in the pageant. So this is all very interconnected. <laughs> I can't wait to hear and see what God does through Dawson in the world. Because this moment, this moment that Amelia shared with us now, even this moment for Dawson and his family, it captures a pivotal juncture in life. For Jesus, it was his adult life. And it was a moment of commitment. It was a ritual sign of repentance, of turning in a direction that is different than everyone else seemed to be facing. Jesus exemplified humility and fidelity to a different vision, a vision of prophets of old, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom, the beloved beloved community. It's an initiation into God's realm. When we baptize an infant or a child, we celebrate the commitment of parents and guardians, of godparents and of a community. Baptism is like an activation moment. It reminds me of our phones. You know, you activate and you sign on to a network and you're connected through cell towers and satellites. Can't you just hear God saying, can you hear me now? This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. When Chloe was baptized, it was, this is my daughter, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. And for each of you, can you let that wash over you for a moment? That you are God's beloved? And with you, God is well pleased. It's a time when God claims us and names us as son or daughter or non-binary child. The claiming and the naming is empowering. I wonder what it was like for Jesus. John Dominic Crossan, who wrote The Essential Jesus, said that if Jesus had been simply a man, had been simply a man of word and ideas, like the philosophers and teachers of his day, the officials would have probably ignored him. Or at most, they would have exiled him if he was becoming too popular. The teachings of Jesus are an action and practice oriented program. The teachings of Jesus are a movement. It's not just thought and theory. And that's why to some, he was very dangerous and threatening. And to others, he was very liberating and inspirational. Howard Thurman expresses it in his piece, The Work of Christmas, this movement, that is. He says, When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, 
In other words, when Jesus is out and about, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoners, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. This work of Christmas is the action and practice movement that Jesus led. Thank God Jesus left the manger. Our choir is going to share with us an anthem. And it's a fitting illustration of this movement. It's a spiritual And as some of you know, spirituals are a vehicle for imparting valuable life lessons for those who were forbidden to read or write. So they used water to tell the stories of faith and to tell the stories of their ancestors. Wade in the Water is a song of the Underground Railroad. And it relayed a message. Go into the water to get off the scent path of the dogs. It's very practical wisdom. It also imparted the lesson that's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, where there's healing in the pools of Bethesda. Now, if you were here last week and you heard the word Bethlehem and you knew that Bethlehem is Bet, house, lehem, of bread or of battle, but we're going with bread Bethesda can similarly be sort of looked at that way. So Bet, again, house. It's house of mercy. So these healing waters in Bethesda are waters of mercy. And in a biblical sense, mercy is connected to kindness and forgiveness. A really important pairing and coupling of kindness and forgiveness. It's as if we forgive the offense as soon as it's coming off the lips of the others and we respond with kindness. That's mercy. Howard Thurman, again, had something to say about this piece. And he said, within the context of the troubled waters, that is, the ups and downs of life, There are healing waters because God is moving in people's lives in the midst of the turmoil. Many of you know firsthand that sometimes water comes to you in the form of a flood or to the people in Puerto Rico in the form of a hurricane. This is not the troubled waters that God invites us into but it is the troubled waters where God can be met in the work crew that knocks on your door and says, how can I help? Or the work crew that gets off the airplane and says, how can we help? In the Underground Railroad, the river was the dividing line between slavery and freedom. The waters of baptism hold the same promise. From slavery to freedom. From enslaved by systems of oppression, privilege, and prejudice 
to freedom by living in God's love as a person claimed by God, uniquely and wonderfully created in the image of God and worthy to be loved. While the choir is singing this morning, you may feel drawn to the water for any reason. Maybe you're feeling drawn to the water to be baptized today. Or maybe to remember or recommit to your baptism. Or maybe you feel drawn forward for a word of prayer, for a moment to touch and see the waters of mercy. Please feel free to physically move if that's what you feel drawn to. You can also use your imagination for this time. Either way, let's invite the power of God to move in our lives and in the life of this congregation. Choir, come on forward. And now, friends, go forth with joy and love and peace. The joy and love and peace that fills you and flows out through you, that it may touch others and that they may come to know this God that we worship and proclaim right here in this place. And it was Jesus who said, my peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't let them be afraid. Let's share with one another some sign of God's peace before you leave this place. May the peace of Christ be with you. <laughs>